1: Hi there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 500. Yes, I said the numbers. 500 episodes of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Yeah, we've been fudging the numbers lately just so we could do this the right way. Joining us for episode 500 is Kenny the Dog Denard. Before we introduce him, I am Jason Evans, your host this week. Joining me is Donald Wine and Sam Klein. Donald, you're back from Vegas, huh? Yes, I just
2: got back literally 20 minutes ago from Vegas because I need to get on with the dog. But hey, it's not fudging numbers if it's correct, okay? We're, we're at 500 for a reason. We need to get Kenny on the show, and I will change the numbers around all day if we need to to make sure that he's on for 500 because that's what we do
1: here on the DBR podcast. 100, 200, 300, 400, the man's here for 500 as well. Sam Klein, how are you doing today? I have nothing to add.
0: Let's let, Let's get this going.
1: Let's get this going. <laughs> and the laughter you hear there is none other than Kenny Denard, former Duke, great, longtime lover of the program and connected to the program.
3: Kenny, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. I mean, after the past six weeks of watching our guys grow up right before our eyes, it's just brought back that feeling of hopefulness that we've taken for granted for so many decades that since the pandemic and everything, and then, you know, it's just just delightful to be a Duke fan and feel the way we do today. Hey, I want to ask you one question that came up to
1: me, uh, you know, just in the past couple of days thinking about this team. And, and, and then I'm going to hand it over to Sam because I know Sam's got limited time and I know he wants to get in. But my question for you is I, I, I commented yesterday on the podcast. I was like two weeks ago, if you'd said to me, oh, everybody's going to be picking – duke to win the national title or not win the national but make the final four everybody's you know we're going to be the trendy pick i would have said you've lost your mind like it just didn't seem possible where are you the same way are you like how where did this come from
3: (laughs) well you know i look back over the years you know you think about how duke plays in february and into march and uh, at many times we had Uh, a shorter bench we had less guys playing um and they get tired and then march there'd just be no juice left really to take on the challenge but i think this year with the injuries and the youth these kids are 17 18 18 19 years old 20 i guess is their oldest player or, or besides some of the transfers that came in you know if you look at their legs you know they're, they played AAU, where they played sometimes five games in a weekend. So you're looking at a whole different um, type of athlete. You know, we don't have we're, – we're long and we're tall and we're lean and we're fast, and it's just a unique team this year, and they've come together. I mean, you look at the last six weeks, really, and then they had that Virginia game where they got robbed, and – what. what that whatever, whatever it is that people think is you get a role going just like twenty uh, 1978. We won 15 out of, or 13 out of our last 15 games or something like that. So 2010, look at that, 2015. So if you look at how you can build up to be ready for the NCAA tournament, you know, winning the ACC championship, I was telling everybody – as long as nobody gets hurt in the Virginia game, I'll be pleased. A, a win is a bonus. You know, you just want to have a healthy team going into the weekends. You know, That first weekend, there's one game. Then there's a second game. Then you hopefully survive through that and keep moving. But this team, I think, is in great position. Coach Shire deserves a ton of credit, his staff, how they work, these kids. I mean, this is probably the youngest team we've had. And at this point, you know, we're, we're all hopeful. We're all excited, but I, I could have said that. In fact, Mr. Sensitive, my buddy who I forward his missives all the time, you know, he said after that Virginia game in the end of his things, let's not, let's not fret. Let's go out and beat Notre Dame, win the rest of them out, win the ACC championship and then March into March and, and win the national championship. So, you know, I, I agreed with that. I thought this was possible now who knows what's going to happen in the tournament, but I think we're in as good a shape, fifth seed, fourth seed, sixth. What Seeding doesn't matter. As long as these guys, I mean, look at these guys, Virginia had never played against that team. They played against the other night. This is a whole new Dude, team. That, for, is,
1: that is a smart comment. You are so right about that.
3: Which nobody's even, played against them. Yeah. Nobody has because this team has come together in a way where everybody knows their roles. You hear all the pundits on TV and whatever, but, That's what it takes to have a winning run is to everybody know their roles. Everybody play within those roles and stay out of injuries. Injuries are the, look at all the teams that have been in the top 10 all year and they're questionable now because some of their players are out. That's what happens at the end of the year. So if we can stay injury free, I think we've got as good a shot as anybody.
2: Kenny, Going back to that Virginia game, that's the last loss that we had back on February 11th, right? And it ends in terrible fashion with the matter to be, that, that matter had been resolved, uh, according to the ACC. Do you think, and I know some people have talked about how funny it is to say that Duke had a chip on its shoulder after that loss. But do you think they played that way in the last, you know, month or so?
3: Well, you know, it, it chip on the shoulder is kind of an overused term. I would just say more resolve. I mean, they were more, you know, they're not as affected by their surroundings. They didn't freak out. They didn't whine about the refs on the Virginia game. And the ACC came out and said it was a mistake. But even, you know, even if they had won that game, I think they'd have the same resolve because that's the way this team is maturing. And that's the way coaches, the coaching staff is working them every day in practice. So um, I think it doesn't hurt to have that uh on, on their shoulder, that chip you said. But I think on the other side is what it takes. I just remember our drive, and I hate to keep making it about me. Well, sort of. Uh, the <laughs> the 78 team, when we started our run, our coaches kept us very focused. In fact, I'll never forget Bob Wentz. Uh, Bob Wentz will put a, a stair-stepping chart on goals and aspirations for the rest of the year. And he said, "Here, this is this is where we want to be, but we got to take these steps to get there, one at a time." And he, and then every time we did it, he marked those off. I mean, that board stayed there for a while till we came back from St. Louis, um, and and it. I think this mentality that Coach Shire has, you know, I've really enjoyed watching him speak on television and the t- you know going into half times and timeouts and after games. He's been there. He's done this, and he's only a thirty-four year old or whatever age he is. He's so wise beyond his years, but he's got real long-lived or long-lived basketball IQ from both being a coach on the floor and now a coach on the sidelines, a head coach.
0: Kenny, to
1: to uh,
0: stay on John Shire for a second. Uh, I know we had last talked uh, after it had been announced that shire was taken over the program but we haven't spoken sort of since we've gotten to see him in games what are you seeing from him either that like as you were just referencing sort of echoes what he learned from coach k and what elements of his style do you think are unique to the john shire experience and 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 things that you're sort of like oh i'm i'm surprised that he that he's like chosen that as a strategy or as a way of deploying his guys or or building a staff anything like that
3: no uh, he's his own man that's the thing there's not I don't identify really anything in his except the, the years that he got to sit next to the goat to watch and learn, but he's got his own manners. He's got his own personality. He doesn't have really any uh, uh, legacy coach K type of, of um, histronics or, you know, I remember. He Coach did.
0: K. I did notice the other night. He did. He did pull one of the referees uh, aside the other night and start. He wasn't giving him the full like Coach K. You
1: yeah, know, no, I mean Coach tirade, K, but he, Coach but K he was sort of. To, he, oh. he
0: was sort of giving him the the Hey, come here. Let me let me let me talk to you about what I'm we, about what I what I think about. We that.
1: need to we need to start a pool for when John Shire gets his first technical.
3: Uh, it could be a while. I mean, that, <laughs> it I could be. It. Yeah, it could be a while because. You know, he, he, you know, like he said, I think I saw an interview where he says, everybody says that he's patient, but, you know, people around him, his family, whatever, say he's probably one of the most impatient people, but that's what he said publicly. But, you know, when you look at the, when you look at someone, you know, I think uh, most of the military and strategists that talk about crises, I mean, we teach crisis management to our clients at our firm is the ones who keep their head while everybody else is losing theirs are usually the ones that win. And I think you can count on John keeping his head in most all situations. Um, and, again, he doesn't have the the tenure, the 20, 30, 40 years like Coach K had to be able to go off on refs. I mean, I remember times when Coach K would just – call a timeout, and then the players would set up in a way to where they'd have like a wall all the way out into the court where Coach K, you know, the assistants would talk to the players. Coach K would get down on his 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 uh, squat position and just blow that ref out at the foul line while he's standing there. Nobody could see what he was saying, but it was just a tactic that, they, you know, that's just different personalities. But I'm really pleased as a Duke fan, as a former player and part of the Brotherhood, you know, John has really, uh, you know, put aside a lot of the critics to – To thinking he wasn't the guy he is the guy i said he was the guy last year i said he was a guy the year before in fact i predicted if you remember i may have told you this i did a podcast with george carl for his truth plus media a year before coach k even thought about resigning or retiring sorry Uh, and i said john shire would be the natural next guy you know there were others we talked about but I don't know why exactly I said that, but it just seemed right because he's he's perfect for the next phase. Coming after a legend, look at all the people that, you know, came after Adolph Rupp, John Wooten, you know, all these guys that have had huge dynasties, those first one or two or three coaches have had troubles. But I think the way, you know, you look at retirement strategies uh, of Coach K, Mike Bray, um, Jim Beheim. Roy Williams, who wins the retirement strategy, Coach K. All the other guys, it just wasn't smooth. It wasn't cohesive. It wasn't continuity. You know, I felt bad for Jim. I felt yeah. I was going to say, Kenny,
0: you 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 don't think that the Jim Boeheim experience was planned out that way?
3: Uh, No, no. And I love Jim. He he was on coaches versus cancer board for all the years I was there, and he's such a great guy. He gives of himself, and he's such a, a a really special person it was sad to see it go down the way it did that's all i can say i mean i'm i'm just sad for for anybody i mean it's going to kind of linger out there but look at how coach k and i mean mike bray's probably second on the retirement planning schedule he got yeah, although go, yeah.
1: although kenny i mean you have to admit uh the past past couple years especially this year did not go well at notre dame
3: well still he did he didn't have what happened to Jim, and he didn't just quit after the season with Roy, and I love Roy. I mean, I love all these guys, and they're all friends that I can pick up the phone and call. but the thing is is John has stepped into a well orchestrated secession plan, not like on h b o but like a real life you know we teach secession planning too at our with our public companies on What's the best way? How much time to give Wall Street notice that the CEO is going to retire? All those types of things. And Coach K did it textbook. Uh,
0: on that on that topic with with Coach Shire, um, have there been any sort of specific things that you've that you've witnessed this year that you're like uh, that you think are are, are going to become like staples? Like the way that we talk about the the, the Coach K uh, ref tirades as being like sort of emblematic of his of his style. Are there things we're going to look back on from this year and be like, man, it's amazing that, that John was doing that even in his first year, you know, assuming that, that he's able to stick at Duke for a long time and that, and that he's able to, I don't know if he's going to be as successful as, as Mike Krzyzewski was, but at least successful enough that he's sticking around.
3: Well, the start is, has been very exciting to watch. I, you, you really can't d- develop trend lines until you have, you know, points out in the future. So we don't have enough but the start has been amazing and i think with all the attention and pressure and just the 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 nature of the level of duke basketball in the sphere of college basketball uh it's been a fabulous transition he's handled it well he's taken a team that you know everybody knows had all this high school hype trust me I don't follow any kids that come to Duke before they come to Duke. I don't follow their ratings. I don't believe in that stuff because high school is high school no matter what. And until you get on that court the day practice starts and have to play with guys who are as good or maybe even better than you and you thought you might be hyped up more, it's learning how to play within that team. And that's the hardest part. Cause there's a lot of talent out there these days. There's ton look at the cross the, the spectrum. There's tons of talent and there's kids playing every day that are better and better and better than, than years past, but it's how you get them to play together. So I think that's what, what I think we should take from this is early, early indications are he, he can build that team and camaraderie through adversity.
1: Kenny. Thanks. Stick around. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, We're going to ask Kenny for some NCAA tournament picks, and we're going to discuss the NIT. All that, coming up. Hey there, Duke fans. You know, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-created meals with options like calorie-smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals.
2: That's right, Jason. And Jason, I can tell you, I just got some meals. They're fantastic. And the great thing is, like you said, two minutes. Mindless work. Pop it in the microwave, do what you need to do, and it's ready to eat. No more cooking, no more cleaning pots and pans. And also, there's a lot of choices with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So you'll always have new flavors to explore.
1: All right, so head to Factormeals.com slash DukeBB50. Use that code, DukeBB50, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Duke BB50 at FactorMeals.com. Get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy Factor Meals from the Duke Basketball Roundup. All right. We're back from the break. We're still with Kenny Denard. God, I love these interviews with you, man. I'm going to hand it over to Donald. Let him ask you a little bit about the NCAA tournament and your picks for the field.
2: Yeah. Well, first off, let me, we were, before the break, we were talking about coach K and how he's handling retirement and also coupling that with the pressure uh, that John Shire kind of walked into being the successor to coach K. And, you know, I think you were at the Notre Dame game. I think I saw you there. Um, You know, that was the first time coach K showed up at a game with John Shire as head coach. First time he showed up in Cameron as a spectator. And there's been talk all season long about, you know, how involved or at least, you know, Coach K being at these games and, and how, you know, the reaction will be. Do you think entering this tournament that we see Coach K maybe come to a couple games or is it one of those things where he's going to still kind of stay out of the limelight and let the, the, the sun shine as you will uh, on John Shire?
3: Well, I wasn't at that Notre Dame game, but I appreciate you thinking I was omnipresent. I, there. I see you at most uh, of the games, though. Yeah, well, it's, this it's year given I, that you're at a game,
0: this year I, I feel years. like when when Kenny is there, you definitely know it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this depending year, on the because, outfit. This year, because of my work schedule and the, the way the, the the scheduling worked, I only got to come back for the Carolina game at home this year. At, so that's the only game I've seen live, but I watched them all on TV. But I could just say this from what I think I believe. I don't have any direct, you know, word from anybody, but Coach K wasn't really there for 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 Duke. He was there for Coach Bray. That's he wasn't, you know, I think that's why he was there to support the brotherhood, the the coaching tree and it's Mike's uh Mike Bray's last year. I think that's why he was really there. I don't think he wants to be in that small box and have cameras on him very often. You know, he didn't look very, uh, he didn't look, he looked kind of stoic there and it was pretty much, I don't think you'll see him at any of the games in the tournament either. So I don't know that I'm just saying my gut is I know coach K and he wants, he's moved on. I saw him yesterday on the, the, uh, the Aflac commercial he has got it uh you know so he's in there
2: so he's got he his own started, schedule now
3: <laughs> yeah he's got he's oh, plus he's got so much he's doing he's not he is very busy from what i understand and he's always helping others i mean the things that he and his family do to help people that it's 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 undocumented but it's amazing and i know some of the stories cuz he's helped my family so um you know just i think that whole thing was I I love Roy Williams. I just think, you know, him sitting there in that corner. I sat over there next to him. I went with George Carl last year in that game. We beat him by 20, and I sat with George. Phil Ford was behind me. Roy and his wife were to the left of me, and the nicest thing Roy said was, you are very much a gentleman, Kenny. Thank you for not getting up and hooping and hollering during the game. But (laughs) I love Roy. But I mean, sitting there and getting all that TV time, I just think uh, has it reflected well on the continuity of the program. It's almost like he feels like he's he's in the wings waiting for Hubert to fail. It's what it looks it's what people said to me. It's not what I was said. Uh, you know how that one goes. But uh, from that perspective, I think uh, everybody's got their life plan and, and their goals and aspirations in the right place at Duke. So
2: I know Jason has a question about the NIT and linking it to UNC, kind of turning down the NIT. But before we do that, let's get back to this Duke team. Before the break, we you held up your bracket. I know the listeners can't see it, but we can see that you had your bracket all out. So we got to ask you, who's in your final four? How, how far do you think Duke's going to go?
3: Well, I've got – this is, you know, again, it's throwing darts at the board. I've got Alabama and Duke, and Duke beating Alabama. I've got Miami and Gonzaga. And Gonzaga. A, I, I think that's a pretty popular Final Four. And I've got Gonzaga, Duke, and then, of course, Duke winning. Duke always wins in my bracket. So everybody knows that for the last 40 years. You know the rules. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but I do have an alternate bracket. But the thing that I did on this one that I think uh, may surprise people, and it's a tribute to the Brotherhood and a hopeful aspiration that Howard beats Kansas. Because A, Kenny Blakely or Blake knew uh Blake is at the head coach at Moorhead. I saw him balling like a baby after they won their tournament championships. And I just figure if anybody can figure out a game plan of how to how to beat Kansas, and Kansas has some questions. So, you know, and I certainly hope Bill Self is recovered from whatever routine procedure he went through, uh, which I couldn't understand while it was so super secretive. Uh, because you know, everybody cares about the guy, he's not got an enemy in the world. Why would they not? Uh, you know, because all the rumors and then they had to come out and say was it wasn't a heart attack, okay? Well, just what was it if it's routine? Just you know, it's but I understand HIPAA laws and all that stuff, but uh, the I kind of went but to Kansas, I had losing in the first round, uh, to, to uh-huh.
1: Howard. That'd be on I'm, gonna,
3: Howard. I'm gonna
2: tell you, I'm gonna tell you, if Howard beats kansas in the first round dc will be the place Lit. to be <laughs> the <laughs> place to be uh but so you you mentioned obviously you're like us you have duke in your final four you have duke winning it all if there's one thing that you can pinpoint that's going to be the key for duke to make it all the way and cut down the nets in houston close to close to where the dog lives in in, in that area you get to be there live but to get there what is, what's the one thing that you think Duke needs to do over the next three weeks to make that happen?
3: Have no injuries. I like that.
2: That's, That's it. An easy.
3: Because <laughs> I think every, you know, when you prepare for these games, you don't know these players and these teams and you have, you know, like in ACC, you know, everybody's tendencies, but in these games, I remember, you know, we played in NCAA three times, three years in a row. and, you just – even though there's tape out there and whatever, you just haven't – who's focused on – what is it? Uh, uh, who do we play? Let's see. Oral, Oral Roberts. Roberts. Oral Roberts. Who's focused on Oral Roberts other than a couple of highlights on SportsCenter? I think they got a tall guy. That
0: I, I got – all I know about them is that in the time since the bracket was revealed, like a handful of my friends have looked up their Ken Palm rating and said that Duke got screwed by the bracket. But it doesn't mean that any of my friends can, like, name – Oral Roberts is starting five.
3: Right. So the thing is, if, you know, uh, a number of great coaches in multiple sports have said, if you can execute what you want to do and you can do that in, in precision, it's not really important what the other team's doing if you do what you do best. So if we play that defense we're playing and we get the offensive rebounds, we get block off, get the boards. And stay out of foul trouble, which I think we've been pretty successful this year of staying out of foul trouble. Surprisingly, especially as how fluid the game is and how much pushing and shoving and reaching and arm bars. You don't ever know exactly what they're going to call because it's all going on at the same time. And how many flops have you seen that ha- that have never been called? I mean, it's just it's it's. Barry yeah, Sprocker got
0: called for one like in, in one of the first games of the season, and we came yeah. on here and we were like. Oh, this is going to be such a slog.
3: Like, yeah, I think I think they must have sent a memo. Don't call those anymore. Like, maybe just, maybe just don't do this. This is yeah, this exactly. go away. That's right. <laughs> but the point being, the point being is, if we stay healthy, Coach and his staff will have these kids ready for the next game. So right now they're focusing on all Roberts and then, you know, whoever's after that. If there's a we want to win, obviously, but you know, there's no looking beyond. And then that's the hard work for the assistants when they. You know, you win that first game, then you got to scout the next game, or you've already scouted. I'm not sure the timing of who's playing, who win, But you got to – there's not a whole lot of sleep going on between that first game and that second game for the coaches. People don't realize how much work it takes to get your team as best prepared as they can because whoever it is, whether it would be Tennessee or it would be Louisiana, which I have Louisiana uh, beating Tennessee – so, uh, however, if Tennessee wins, I may actually get to go to the game. A buddy of mine said he'd take me on his jet because he's a Tennessee guy. So, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. I, I, life in Kenny. I, that's not a bad life to lead, my friend. <laughs> I do have some nice friends with private jets. But, uh, you know, I, every now and then I get the call. So, I'll, I'll they, just stick Kenny, it, leave if you it.
0: Want, if you want any of those guys to be our friends, too. You know, <laughs> I'm always
3: I'm always available. What in a good word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you got it. You got it. We'll bring the whole, t- whole team.
1: All right, so Kenny, uh, we're going to wrap it up here with with this next question. And I, I don't mean for this to seem like a slam on the North Carolina Tar Heels, but maybe it'll be a little bit of a slam on the Tar Heels. And I'm related to you. Your first three years at Duke, your teams all may- made it to the NCAA tournament. They, I believe all three of those teams at some point during the season were ranked number one or they were they were very, very highly ranked At various points during the season and then your senior year had to be very disappointing for you you guys had a lot of the same players who had been a key part of of those teams that had made deep tourney runs and it just didn't didn't work out for you guys you ended up getting an invitation to the nit and and you guys made a decent run in the in in the nit you won a couple games and and then um you know the season in your career was over talk to me first of all about you know, if you can reflect on it, the the mentality of of a veteran team, an experienced team, playing in the NIT after what had to be a disappointing season.
3: Well, I mean, there's no comparison to this year's UNC squad because our success was three years. We lost Mike Jeminsky, Bob Bender. It's not a it's not a it's not a apples to apples comparison. Uh, now, after my freshman year when we played in the finals, and then. Uh, the next year we didn't make the tournament, but there were only fifty-four teams, I think, back. Or right. I can't remember exactly, but the forty-eight. I think there were only forty-eight teams back then, uh, in seventy-eight. But long story longer, it's not comparable. But the thing that I know with Gene and me and Vince and that young, the kids we had on that team, we were happy to go play again, just to extend our college experience and play. You know, Gene broke his wrist at some point, that which helped me against Alabama. I got twenty five points and like I don't know how many. Du- I did a double double, which I rarely got double doubles because Gene would always have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, uh, the only other time that my my most famous double double was points and steals, which has never happened before. So, oh wait, you uh, had a
1: double double points and steals. That's yeah. A when I game, yeah, when
3: I yeah, when I had eleven steals, still the ACC record uh, for steals in a game. Uh, so I had a double double of points and steals. But point being. Is we were just happy to keep playing, right? If if we'd have done, if we'd have had that same thing happen to us after freshman year, you know who knows? I don't know. It didn't happen. You know, we went to the NCAA tournament. Uh We lost in the first round, though. Okay, so shit happens. Let's just face it. Now with Carolina, I will give some. Uh, I have so many good Carolina friends, and I'm, so many of them are not feeling well this season because of the way the season went, Um, you know, if you think about it, it's a a natural progression for where we are in the state of the game today. You've got transfer portal, free agency. You've got NILs, which help that facilitate transfer portals, because I would say maybe the reason they didn't go is because the transfer portal opens today. This is, uh, what, the 13th of March. And four or five guys could get offers, okay, to go play somewhere else and not be associated with this pretty awful year. They're all probably feeling pretty awful. I know a lot of their fans that I know are. So that could be the reason that they didn't want to go to the NIT is to just get moving ahead, and they got to reconstitute the team for next year, and there may be four or five transfers that go for the money in NILs for senior year and extra COVID year? I don't know. I'm just saying that's a plausible um, scenario, in my opinion. As far as not doing it just because they didn't want to go to the NIT, I think it's more about the Benjamins than it is about the pride, because they could win the NIT, okay? <laughs> Let's face it. If they wanted to and they put their head together – They could go win the NIT. Um, And then I think some people say, oh, they're afraid if they lose the NIT, they look at, well, whatever. But I think it's probably more about NILs as opposed to NITs.
1: That is a really interesting perspective. Sir, we thank you as always for the good humor, the good insight. You are welcome anytime and guaranteed we'll have you back on for number 600. Kenny Denard, thanks so much, man.
3: I I hope I'm alive for it, and I hope to see you on Houston in a few weeks.
1: I love it. I love it. We'll see you in a couple weeks, man. Thanks. (laughs) That's, again, Kenny Denard, uh, Duke legend. This has been DVR Podcast number 500. Duke Band, play us out and take us home.